pain for the former things are passed away. Man, what a blessing. You may be seated this morning, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that subject, why will there be tears in heaven? And I've got four points. I want to give you all four if I can. We may not get all the way through today, but I'll let you, try to let you out at the same time that we, we normally get out. But why will there be tears in heaven? Why will there be tears in heaven? I, I, I thought about trying to come up with a, some kind of a flashy title, but that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Why will there be tears in heaven? And so I hope that you'll give me a good hearing today and let's pray and we'll jump right into the Bible study. We'll put a few things up on the screen today. Father, thank you for church. There's a wonderful spirit here today. You can feel it, Lord. Not that you have to feel it necessarily, but there's a wonderful spirit here today. Good spirit of worship and a good spirit of unity. And we just thank you, Lord, for answering prayer and for being present here today. And God, I thank you for the great music and the singing. And, uh, and now, Lord, as we take just a few moments, as we close this service and take a few moments and preach and teach the Word of God, Lord, I pray now for a fresh anointing, not just for me, but for your people. And God, I pray that we'll be not only hearers, but I pray that we'll be doers of the Word. Teach us and challenge us. Now, Lord, this message is going to take care of all that. This is sort of cafeteria style today. Now, God, we want to get challenged, but at the same time, I believe we're going to get blessed and I believe we're going to get helped today. And so I pray that you're working in every heart, young and old. And I pray that Jesus will receive glory and praise from all that's done. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. When we think about heaven, we often, and rightly so, we think about a place that is absolutely perfect in every way. For instance, when I think about heaven, I think about a perfect climate. Now, thank the Lord. This is what God wants for us today. And so, praise God for that. But when I think about heaven, this is not what I think about. The, the kind of day we're having today is not, is not the kind of day that I think about. When I think about heaven, I think about a perfect, a place that's gonna have a perfect climate. Now, how many know the Bible's fresh every day? It's fresh every time you go to it. And such is the case this morning. And uh, man, I went, the, went this morning just to get refreshed and to just get ready for this morning. And God showed me this morning about heaven. Now, we knew there was going to be the tree of life in heaven. We knew that. But, uh, but the Lord showed me this morning, there's going to be palm trees in heaven. And uh, sure, there's going to be palm trees in heaven. Now, my wife and I, we love palm trees. We love that tropical climate and, and the breeze and the ocean and all that kind of thing. And the Lord showed me this morning there's going to be uh, palm trees in heaven. You say, well, I, where's that at, preacher? Well, the Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, they're going to have palms in their hand. How are you going to have palms in your hand? They don't have palm trees. Come on now. And, uh, and uh, perfect climate. When I think about heaven, I think about perfect people. Uh, when I think about heaven, I think about a perfect society. I think about uh, a perfect government in heaven. We know that God will rule and reign uh, and uh, thank the Lord for, uh, you know, the job that our president tries to do. But, uh, and we ought to pray for our leaders. But I'm glad that in heaven there'll be a perfect government in heaven. Uh, when I think about heaven, I think about perfect health. 
Uh, I've already this morning, I've heard of prayer requests. I, I've heard of, of cancer and preacher pray for so-and-so. They've been diagnosed with cancer. Preacher pray for, for this one. They're facing chemotherapy. Preacher pray for this one. They're in the hospital right now. Preacher pray for this family. They lost a loved one to death this week. And we hear that all the time and uh, a lot of sickness, especially uh, it seems like more so this year than ever before, but not, not, not heaven. Man, thank the Lord in heaven. There'll be no more cancer in heaven. And uh, doctor, uh, cancer doctors will be out of business in heaven. They'll, there'll be no cancer in heaven. Amen. There'll be no uh, Alzheimer's. Some of you have loved ones right now that are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. And thank the Lord, no more Alzheimer's in heaven. No more, no more rest homes in heaven. Amen. No more nursing facilities uh, in heaven. Thank God for every one of our nurses that are here this morning. But I'm glad that in heaven, our nurses will be out of business in, in heaven and it's going to be a, a perfect place. And all this is true, but we notice this church that at least at the beginning of our life in heaven, there will be tears. There will be tears. Now, actually, God's Word speaks of this a number of times. I'm not going to have you turn there. I'll just read them quickly. But I think about Isaiah chapter 25 and verse number 8. The Bible says, And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee. Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 10, the Bible says they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I think about Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number 20 where the Bible says, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Man, that's gonna be a blessing. Man, no more being by the bedside of someone that's getting ready to pass. No more trying to comfort a family in a, in a funeral home or, or sing a little baby casket at the front of the auditorium and trying to comfort a broken-hearted mom and a broken-hearted dad. Boy, I want to tell you what, church, heaven's a pretty good place. In fact, I believe it's going to be a little sweeter before we get done today. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse number 19, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her nor the voice of crying. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse number 12, the Bible says, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Well, that's pretty definite, isn't it? And they shall not sorrow any more at all. Revelation chapter seven, verse number 17, the Bible says, for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And so there will be, it at least appears, there will be some tears at least at the onset when we, when we begin our, our life in heaven uh, and for 10,000, 10,000 years we'll praise the Son Savior, but at least for a little time, at least until God takes it away, there will be tears in heaven. Now I'm going to be honest with you, uh, and and people, I've had people take issue, great issue with me uh, over this. I had a lady one night. I preached on a message similar to this, and and she said, I don't believe that. I don't accept that. There's not going to be any tears in heaven. But I beg to differ. There will be tears in heaven, at least for a little while, but think about it, but think about it, really, if you really think about it and ponder on it, it really makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that there would be some tears in heaven, and we know this, that there'll be, that it will be so much the fact that the Bible says that God himself will have to take action 
For the Bible tells us in Revelation 21, 4, that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now I want to answer that question if I could this morning. Why will there be tears in heaven? And specifically, what kind of tears are there going to be in heaven? Well, how about this? Number one, I believe there'll be tears of grief. Let's go ahead and get the, the worst one over first, all right? Let me give you the bad news first, and I'll give you the good news in just a little while. I believe in heaven there will be tears of grief. Now you say, preacher, I thought heaven's gonna be perfect, perfect climate, perfect society, perfect health. It will be, but at least for a little while until God takes them away, I believe that there will be tears of grief in heaven. Now you say, preacher, why is that? Well, if you back up just four short verses before we come to Revelation chapter 21 and verse number four, we come to a very different event. It's an event called the Great White Throne Judgment. Now, personally today, and we would not uh, debate over it, but personally, I believe that the saved will be at that judgment. I believe we'll be present at that judgment. But that judgment will not be a judgment for the saved. The great white throne judgment will be a judgment for those who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. And at the great white throne judgment, it will be a final judgment. It is, it, it, it's it. it is, it's, it's the last curtain. It, it's, it's the last judgment of all judgments, the great white throne judgment. And in the great white throne judgment, sinners, according to the word of God, Revelation chapter 20, sinners will be judged for not receiving Christ as Savior and sent to a Christless hell. Now, I know that, that that's not very politically correct, and I know that doesn't go over very well on the talk shows, and, and I know that ABC maybe doesn't like that, you know, that kind of preaching, that kind of teaching, but uh, regardless of that, my dear friends, what God said, it's the, it's, the, it's the great white throne judgment, and it's where people will be brought who have never received Jesus Christ, and you say, preacher, that sort of scares me. It ought to scare you if you're, if you're here this morning and you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you're born again and on your way to heaven, brother, it ought to, it ought to scare you to death if you're here this morning and just playing church and just going through the actions and, and just going through the motions and, and, and you're putting on a big facade, but you, you don't really know that you're a Christian. You don't really know that you're saved. Brother, I'm telling you that if you, if you neglect to receive Jesus Christ as your savior, there is coming a day called the great white throne where sinners will be be judged and be cast into a Christless hell for all of eternity. Amen. And by the way, Calvary, we need to get back to preaching that again. And so these initial tears in heaven will be tears of grief. There'll be tears of sadness. Why? Because of family and loved ones who are not in heaven. We're in heaven, but there's tears. God will have to wipe away those tears. Now, why is that? Will it be because we saw them cast into hell? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I think it could be. I think it could be that we'll be present at the great white throne and, and I think it could be that we'll see our family stand in that great line. I think it could be that we'll be at the great white throne, those of us who are saved, and we'll see our coworkers who we work day in and day out, but we never spoke a word about Jesus to them. We never gave a gospel track. We never put a gospel track in the break room. I believe that we'll see those folks that waited on us at Walmart and the gas station and the grocery store and uh, we'll see those people that, that we, we, we uh, live next to 
our, our next door neighbors and yet we never did our best to try to get them saved. I believe that we'll see them at the great white throne judgment and it could be that we'll see them cast into hell or will it be because we searched heaven only to find that our loved one never made it? I'm talking about tears of sadness and tears of grief. Hey, church, can you imagine searching heaven for a loved one that never made it? I mean, you think about that. And it's hard to believe this, but a lot of you kids are too young to even remember this, but most of us remember 9-11. And we remember when those planes flew into the when those planes flew into the, in the World Trade Centers and, and they came crashing down. Listen to me now. Look up here. Look up here at me. And they came crashing down. And, uh, and when we remember that, you know what, for weeks, people didn't know where their loved ones were. Remember that? And they would go down every day. Sometimes every day, loved ones would go down to a place right there at the World Trade Center and they would look at a list to see if their loved one was on that list, to see if their loved one's body was found, to see if they were killed or maybe. You see, listen, over 3,000 people died. And, and hundreds and hundreds were injured. You know that people went, to, people went to hospitals in New York and people went to hospitals in Brooklyn and people went to hospitals in New Jersey and people went to hospitals all over the place. And so people didn't know if their loved one was in a hospital in New Jersey or they didn't know if their loved one was dead. And, and so day after day after day, people would come down to that, that wall and they would bring a picture of a, of a wife or a picture of a child, a picture of a loved one. And they would say, have you, have you seen this one? Have you, sir, have you seen this person? Uh, have, you, have you seen this one in any of the hospitals? Hey, sir, have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? I, I haven't seen her. And I've not got any word, and I don't know if she was killed. I don't know if she is in a coma. In a, have you seen them? And for days and days and days and days and days, that went on in New York City, and I'm just asking you a question. I wonder one of these days, when we get in heaven, will there be tears because that same thing will be going on in heaven. Can you imagine going through heaven saying, sir, have you seen my wife? I can't find her. Preacher, have you seen my wife? Now, thank God my wife professes to be born again. I thank God I have a saved wife. But I can't imagine searching heaven and saying, have you seen my wife? I can't find her. I, 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 I can't. Brandon, have you seen Miss Tammy? Uh, Donnie, have you seen Miss Tammy? Brandon, have you seen Miss Tammy? I, I can't find her. I've looked and I've looked and I've searched and I can't find her. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine searching heaven for one of your children? Well, that old song says, may the circle be unbroken. Man, I, I, I don't just have kids. I have grandbabies now. Man, we got little Moses and every day of my life I pray for Moses. Every day, seven days a week, I pray for Moses' salvation. Every day I pray for his salvation. I can't imagine, Brandon, I can't imagine getting to heaven and running over heaven and saying, has anybody seen Moses? I found Zach and Amber and I found, I found Samuel and Becca and I, I found uh, Timothy and Hannah. But uh, hey, Rick, have you seen Moses? Uh, Sam, have you seen Moses? Uh, Brother Allen, have you seen Moses? Uh, Nelson, I wonder if you saw, have you seen this little boy? Have you seen Moses? And, and uh, by the way, by the way, you better think about that next time before the devil puts a little something in your heart and tries to get you out of God's will and tries to, amen, brother, and tries to get you out of church. And, and uh, I'm gonna tell you what, buddy, you better make, 
make sure you stay in here. Oh, my soul. Because, listen, next time you get a little miffed about something and you you jerk your kids out underneath the gospel, listen, it could be that they'll never get saved and never go to heaven. You say, preacher, this is pretty somber. You're right, it is pretty somber, but it ought to be somber. And by the way, we ought to start preaching this again in America. I'm just telling you, there is coming a day in heaven where there will be tears. Why? Could it be because we'll never find them? Could it be, boy, I I thank God for my little mama. She's getting ready to turn 84. I thank God for my little mama. I can't imagine. I'm telling you, man, I can't imagine. I can't imagine going over heaven and saying, have you seen my mama? Has anybody seen Betty? She raised me. She went to the jaws of death for me. I mean, she was one of the sweetest mamas. Has anybody seen my mama? Hey, sir, have have you seen my mama? No. Hey, ma'am, have you seen my mother? No, no. Hey, hey, folks, have y'all seen mama? Have have y'all seen my mama? Brother, no wonder God is gonna have to take action and wipe away the tears. Now, I'm gonna tell you something, church. If that don't get a hold of you, something's wrong somewhere, isn't it? Some of you have mamas and daddies that are lost. You know what, that man, that'll stir you. That'll stir you. It at least ought to stir you to pray. I mean, man, you ought to fast and pray and say, oh, Jesus, save mom and daddy. God, save them. God, save them. God, save them. Alan, I prayed for Frank and Phyllis this week. I prayed for them this week. I prayed for them. Ask God to save them. You know what, if you've got children, if some of you here this morning, you got children that don't know Christ, I mean, out in the world, not living for God, I mean, just so far away from God, and you say, preacher, I don't know, I don't know if they're saved or not. You know what, brother, that ought to stir you. I mean, it ought to stir us to live for Jesus. It ought to stir us to stay in church. It ought to stir us, brother, to do everything we can do to make sure that we get them under the sound of the gospel and get them saved, and every time you get the chance to speak a word about Jesus, Jesus to them. Oh, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, church, that one of these days in heaven, listen, there's gonna be some tears. There's gonna be some tears. And probably there's gonna be tears of grief. Now that's somber, boy. I feel like maybe I ought to give an invitation right now. But I want to go, I want to go just a little further because I believe the Lord's laid something else on my heart. Not only tears of grief but you say preacher why will tears be in heaven number two there'll be tears of gladness I want you to look with me please at Revelation chapter 7 and look at verse number 16 Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 16 and the Bible talks about a great multitude of people here and uh, uh, and the Bible says in verse number 16 they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. The Bible says in verse 17, for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. Look at this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Not only will there be tears of grief in heaven, but you know what, church? I am absolutely as sure as I'm standing right here right now that some of those tears that God's gonna have to wipe away are gonna be tears of gladness. I believe these, I believe these are gonna be, these are gonna be what I call overwhelming tears. Because when we finally 
cross over. When we finally get there, oh, we dreaded it for so many days. Oh, we dreaded to even think about death. We dreaded to even think about our funeral. We dreaded to even think about closing our eyes here in this world, but all of a sudden it finally comes and we die and we cross over Jordan's River and all of a sudden we get over there and what we realize is this, it'll be so good. It'll be so good, I believe this, that we will cry because we didn't get there sooner. Oh, God laid this on my heart going down. Listen, God laid, I was driving down Friendship Road the other day and God began to speak to my heart about this and I got to thinking about heaven and I got to thinking about those tears and I believe this with all my heart that one of these days, buddy, when we get there, we're gonna weep, preacher, we're gonna weep, we're gonna cry, tears are gonna stream down our glorified cheeks and we're gonna say, God, if I'd have known it was this good, I mean, God, if I'd have known it was gonna be this glorious, I mean, God, I mean, listen, you told me it was and the preacher tried to preach it and the Sunday school teacher tried to teach it and the choir tried to sing it and I heard about it and I read about it in the Word, but God, if I'd ever known it was gonna be this good. I'd have wanted to get here a whole lot sooner. Oh yes, oh yes. You know what I believe, church? I believe we'll cry because we put so much stock in this world and so little in the next. I mean, brother, we're all, and none of us have a good bank account, but we're all about our bank account. We're all about having a nice car, we're all about having a nice house, we're all about, man, you know, live it up, live it up, have a good life here, but brother, I'm telling you what, there is coming a land that is far better than this land, and I believe one of these days we're gonna get there, and we're gonna say, man, what in the world, what in the world was I thinking? If I'd have known, if I'd have known it was so good, I'd have poured a whole lot more into this world than ever poured in this one. Could it be, and I believe it is, that's why Jesus said in Colossians chapter three, verse one, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Could it be that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter six and verse number 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Again, I want to go back and say this, brother. Heaven is going to literally blow you away. Amen. It is. We can't comprehend it. I'm telling you, we can't comprehend it. It's gonna be so great. And had I known, had I known, had I known that heaven was gonna be this good, man, I'd, I'd, I'd put a whole lot more toward heaven than I did toward earth. You think about this. We've done a, quite a few weddings this year. And uh, I've married some manly men this year. And I like marrying manly men. Amen, yes. But I've married some manly men who when all of a sudden those doors opened and that little bride stepped out, those manly men started shedding tears. I mean, all of a sudden Kleenexes came out and eyes started getting wiped and and I thought about this, Brother Rick. I thought, why, why are those grooms, why are they crying? Are they crying because they're sad they're getting married to that little girl? 
Is he sad because he's thinking, what have I done? What have I done? No, that's not why he's crying. You know why he's crying? Because you know what? All the planning, all the preparation, all the investment, all the love, and all of a sudden it comes to a, it comes to a, a boy, to a, 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 a climax on that day. And here he stands, and his groomsmen are over here, and the bridesmaids are over here, and the music is playing, and the crowd is there, and he's, he's, he's a uh, uh, best man, got the ring, got the ring, all right, you got the ring, got the ring, all right. And all of a sudden, man, that door opens up, and that little lady steps out, and that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful white gown and uh, and her daddy or someone's got her by the arm getting ready to escort her down that aisle and all of a sudden he looks and he thinks oh yes Oh yes, oh yes, all these days I've waited and waited and waited and she's finally gonna be mine, amen, that's right. I'm a, hey. And you know what he's thinking about, man? He's excited that he gets to join with her and take her as his wife and, and he sees her beauty and he sees how gorgeous she is. Why is, he, why is he crying? He's crying because he's saying, man, it's better than I thought it was gonna be. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. What does your Bible say in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number two? What did the Bible say in verse number two? And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. What did he say? Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. What did he say in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number nine? And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vows full of the seven last plagues and talked to me saying, come hither, come hither and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, I'm telling you, and I can't tell you like I want to tell you this morning, but I'm telling you, brother, there is coming a day when you cross through that gate and you're going to say, wow. You're going to say, hey, glory. I mean, brother, it's better than I ever thought. It's better than I ever expected. I mean, preacher tried his best but couldn't do it justice. I mean, man, what a place heaven is going to be. I thought about this. Why do, why do parents cry when they see their kids after a long separation? You see them at the airport. Man, those kids, grown kids. Man, run over and mom and daddy hug and they cry all over each other. Are they crying because they're sorry to see them? Oh, no. They're crying because it's so good to finally see them and touch them and experience them. They're overwhelmed with gladness. You know what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, church? You know what Paul said? Paul said, I knew a man. How he was caught up into the third heaven. And Paul said, God gave me the opportunity to have a revelation. And God gave me the opportunity to see heaven. And Paul said it was so overwhelming. He said words can't describe it. He said, it's not even lawful for a man to speak of. He said, there's no human words that can put it into phrase. There's no human words. There's no poet that can put it into a poem. I mean, brother, it's gonna be so good, Paul said. I can't even, I can't even explain it. I want you to hold your place at Revelation. But I want you to turn with me, please, because you just need, you gotta see this. 
I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. And how many know that the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth? And so in the New Testament, we read this morning, God tells us about heaven. And in the Old Testament, God gives us an illustration of what heaven's gonna be like. And so in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 10, this is the story where a lady by the name of Queen of Sheba comes to visit with King Solomon. I want you to look at with me, if you will, at 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse number one. The Bible says, and when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Now look at verse number four, church. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord. Look at this church. The Bible says there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy, of thy acts and of thy wisdom. How be it? I believed not the words until I came. And mine eyes had seen it. Look, look, Calvary. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. What, what, what's your point, preacher? My point is one of these days we're going to get there and we thought, man, I can't believe it, preacher. I can't believe it, David. Can you believe it? I mean, I just can't believe it. I mean, I believe it. I'm here, but I can't believe it. I know, I just, I, it's just, I mean, you know what? I heard preachers, I heard Adrian Rogers talk about it and I heard Jack Howell preach about it and I heard Lee Robertson try to describe it and I, I heard, I heard uh, uh, great preachers try to uh, teach about it and, uh, but I'm telling you, the half's not been told, the half's not been fancied and I believe that one of these days we're gonna be in heaven and it's gonna be so overwhelming. There'll be tears of gladness and think about this and we'll have all eternity to enjoy it. Now, I got to go because we got we to gotta quit. Tears of gladness. You know what else I thought about, Brother David, on that tears of gladness? You know, what, you know what else I think will bring us gladness? Is when we get to see our converts in heaven. And I'll say, how's it going? What do you think? Whoa! I mean, you'll just be, you won't be able to catch up to Brandon. I mean, man, he'll be, he'll be running Hallelujah Street and just having a time. And every once in a while, he'll fly by and he'll say, How is It's good, it's good, yeah. Come on. And, uh, and brother, you know what? You talk about gladness is having converts that you led to Jesus Christ. And they're there. Tears of gladness. Tears of grief. Hey, let's, let's, let's bring this thing to a close. How about this? Number three, tears of gratitude. Tears of gratitude. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse number three, John said, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them 
and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. You think maybe the Lord's trying to tell us something here? <laughs> and be their God. Can you imagine getting to be in the presence of our Heavenly Father when we know we're undeserving? You talk about tears of gratitude, brother. How can an old sinner like me stand in his presence? How, how can I be in the, in the presence of a merciful, merciful, merciful loving God? I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. I don't deserve to be there. We were, we were watching the we were watching the funeral for Billy Graham, my wife and I, and I think it was Ruth Graham. I think that's who it was. And Ruth Graham told the story, and she said, "She said I've got my own Billy Graham story. Been through two divorces. One divorce, pretty bad, pretty bad." Mom and daddy tried to tell me to, to wait, wait, let us get to know this man, but mom and daddy can't tell me what to do. I'm a grown woman. Nobody knows how I feel. Mom and daddy don't know how I feel. My kids don't know how I feel. And so she married this man in a way. Five weeks later, it fell apart. Second divorce, went off out of the will of God, just living away from the Lord. And, but she said, I finally come to the point. She said, I wanted to see mom and daddy. I wanted to see mom and daddy. And so she said, I, I, I made that trip, a two-day trip. She said, I made that trip to North Carolina. And, and she said, mom and daddy lived up on the mountain there. And she said, I, she said, I made that long track up the side of that mountain. And, and then I got in the driveway. And she said, I was going down the driveway. And she said, all kind of thoughts were going through my mind. And I thought, what are they going to say? How are they going to judge me? What kind of things are they going to say about me? And Oh, my life's a mess and I've ruined my life and I've ruined my testimony. And, and she said she was driving down that, that driveway and just as she rounded that last corner, she said her daddy was standing in the driveway. Billy Graham was standing in the driveway. She said she got out of that car and she said her daddy came over and just wrapped his arms around her. She said there was, there was no judgment. There was no, there was no rebuke. Just love and forgiveness. And we're going to get through this. And, and I thought, man, one of these days, brother, when I step through that gate, I'm so glad. There'll be no judgment. There'll be no, there'll, listen, there'll be nothing like that. Hey, it'll be all mercy and forgiveness and grace and goodness. And, and for all of eternity, thank God, I get to live with him. Why wouldn't there be tears in heaven? It only makes sense. How could we ever go to a place like that and not shed a tear? It don't even make any sense. Of course we're going to cry. We're done. I don't know if I can prove this one or not. But I wonder if some of those tears will be tears of God. Did you know the Bible says that we are created in his image? Tears are brought on by emotions. But here's the thing, church. Our emotions are his emotions. God gave us our emotions. 
Did you know there's multiple times in Scripture where the Bible says that Jesus cried tears? Luke 19, 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. John 11, verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. In verse 35, that famous verse, Jesus wept. Could it be that some of our tears will be mingled with his tears? We're done, we're done, we're done. I'm getting ready to pray. Could it be that one of these days when we get to heaven, that God will shed tears because maybe there are some people who rejected Christ he loves them so much, wants them there with him. Could it be that some of those tears will be his tears? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And we're going to have an invitation. God's been dealing with hearts all through the service from the beginning to the end. You know what, Calvary? If you've got loved ones here today that don't know that they know that they know that they're saved and going to heaven, you know what I'd do, man? I'd get on this altar today and I'd say, oh, Jesus, save them. Oh, Lord, save them. Man, if you've got kids and you don't know for sure that they're going to heaven, man, oh, man, man, I'd find a place somewhere. I'd get down by my seat. I'd do something. I'd find me a place. I'd say, oh, God, would you save them? God, I don't want to be in heaven without them. I don't want to search heaven only to find out they're not there. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, honestly and truly, if I died today and I don't, and, and if I died today, I'm not sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would go to heaven. I'm going to invite you to come today. And we'd like to take the Bible and show you from the Bible how you can be born again. Oh, it is the greatest decision you'll ever make. I want you to do it. I want you to do it so much. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and altars filled, I wonder how many are here today and you'd say, Pastor, I know that I know that I know that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven when I die. If you can honestly say that, you just slip your hand up and take it right back down. All right. Can I ask you this second question? I wonder how many may be here today and you'd say, Preacher, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to be honest, honest, honest. If I died right now, I'm not 100% sure that I'd go. Preacher, I want to go to heaven, but I'm just not sure. I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that here today, right now? You'd slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, remember me. Remember me. I see several young hands there. Okay, thank you, honey. I see your hand back there. And that's fine. That's not a problem of it. I wonder if there's anybody else. You'd say, Pastor, if I died right now, I'm not sure. Oh, I want to be in that wonderful place you preached about today. I want to be there. It sounds like it's going to be so great. But I'm just not sure that I'm going to be there. I've never been saved. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Is there anybody else? You'd let me pray for you. Anybody else? All right. 
in just a moment, we're going to stand. And uh, if you're here this morning and, and, and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I want to be. I want to be saved, all right? We're going to invite you to come. And we want to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. All right? I know the altar's filled, but that's all right. You just come on. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to you. So let's do, let's do this, church, all over the house. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, I pray that you're working hearts right now. Oh, Lord, I pray today that we'll get burdened for others, burdened for our loved ones. God, I mean burdened. I'm not talking about just something we just come to the altar about and then go home, go, go home and not think about. Lord, I mean burdened over a kid that's lost burdened over a mother that's lost or a dad or grandfather a co-worker God help us to get burdened oh Lord today help us to be burdened enough to pray to, to, to pass out a track Father I pray that you'll work in this invitation you're already working these that have raised their hands and said they're not sure that they're saved Lord, if they're serious, I pray in just a moment you'll help them to come and help us as we try to take the Bible and show them from the Bible how they can know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, please work, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let me get a, let me get a personal worker or two just come up here around the sides of the church. If our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are on the altar. If you need to come, the altar is open. I'm going to make my way to the main floor and if you're here this morning and you raised your hand, you said, Pastor, I'm not sure about heaven and you were serious about it, you were serious about it, then I want you to come and I want you to come up here and tell the preacher we want to, we want to take the Bible. I'm not going to make you give a speech or anything like that, nothing like that. We just want to take the Bible and show you how you can, can know Christ as Savior, okay? All right? And so Lord, I pray you'll bless now, please, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed. Pastor's making his way. You come. While we wait, you come.